0: Hello! If you don't already know, we are no more sexist shit. I am Beth. I'm Elise. And today we're talking all about Killing Eve, seasons one to three. Before I get started, big spoiler warning, if you haven't seen the first three seasons, do not listen any further ahead because we will be spoiling the first three seasons. So. This season was written by the amazing Phoebe Waller-Bridge and it was directed by lots of different directors throughout the whole series. So a quick summary of the first season. Eve Palastri is an MI6 agent and is assigned to an assassination. Eve believes that the assassin is a woman. The assassin is given a new target and The assassin herself is highly skilled and show-offy and very, very cocky. Eve believes that the female assassin is operating internationally and is killing influential people. Philanelle, who we find out is the assassin, finds out that the MI6 agent Eve is after her. Philanelle becomes obsessed with Eve and is tasked with watching her movements and contacts. Bill, one of Eve's colleagues, is following Villanelle and is murdered by her. Dun, dun, dun. In the nightclub. It's very, very sad. Very unexpected. Very um, murder
1: on the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yep. Villanelle is on the naughty step, so to speak, and has to work with her ex, Nadia, and her ex's husband, which is a bit awkward. And they are targeting Frank, who is a co-worker of... Eve and Carolyn but is actually a mole. Eve saves Frank and Frank tells Carolyn and Eve everything he knows about the Twelve and their motive. Philnell breaks into Eve's house and confronts her and finds Frank's location and kills him. It's, I mean it's kind of deserved arguably but anyway. Constantine, oh no, she is sent, so Villanelle is sent back to Russia to go undercover and kill someone in prison and find out more information. We find out that Constantine, sorry, Constantine knows Carolyn. Dun dun dun, what? Nadia, Villanelle's ex, is killed (laughs) by Villanelle, which is also very sad. Eve visits one of Villanelle's old teachers or something like that and she then finds Villanelle slash Oksana that she was in prison. Villanelle abducts Constantine's wife and child. So Constantine flees um, to get Eve to help him rescue his child. Eve has money and a passport for Villanelle. And then basically they get the daughter back and Villanelle escapes so Eve gets another lead and finds out where Villanelle's apartment is and goes to her compart- apartment to confront her and smashes a whole lot of stuff, is a bit annoyed at Villanelle. And then <laughs> Villanelle comes back and they have a nice wee chat and then they're lying on the bed next to each other and then Eve stabs her. <laughs> and that's the end of season one. Very good season, very strong the whole way through. Yeah totally it I mean it grabs you from the very start that's what I love about this show Um, you're just totally engrossed in it from the very first episode
1: yeah um my favorite episode of that season was the first one nice face mm-hmm. um I particularly like the first one of our scenes where we see Eve wake up screaming in bed because it sets the tone of the whole show because we find out that she's not traumatised from anything yet. Um, She's just fallen asleep on her hands. (laughs) So so it plays with the cliche of a person who's very damaged by the past, but actually it's just comedy. Yeah. And I think that's quite a lot of the whole show, is comedy and danger.
0: Indeed. My favourite episode is I Have a Thing for Bathrooms, which is episode five. Now... I mean, I think for obvious reasons, (laughs) it's my favourite episode. I mean, first of all, Eve and Carolyn get Frank to the safe house um, and he reveals everything about the Twelfth that he knows. And Villanelle, this is, I mean, my favourite bit is when Villanelle breaks into Eve's house to talk to her and it's just so entertaining because she comes in and then she's like, don't run. And then Eve just (laughs) bolts out the stairs, locks herself in the bathroom, looking for a way out. Then she looks for a weapon. And then Villanelle barges in and Eve has a toilet brush in her hand to defend herself. And I feel like that just perfectly sums up their relationship in general throughout the whole three seasons. And then, of course, Villanelle kind of pushes her into the bath and puts the shower on, or the bath. She she puts the tap on him to calm her down. And then she does calm down and she just wants to chat and Villanelle wants food. And so Eve has to make her... Is it shepherd's pie? shepherd's pie, yeah. Yeah. And then they eat that. And then there's one of my favourite lines in the whole franchise and it's, Eve says to Villanelle, I know you're a psychopath. And then... Villanelle goes, you know, you shouldn't tell a psychopath they're a psychopath, and it's just very good, very good. And then, of course, Villanelle's alter motive was to steal Eve's phone so that she had the location of Frank's safe house.
1: Yes, it was very double-edged sword. Yep. Um, I think at that point Eve's actually wearing a dress that Villanelle got
0: her. That is correct. And that seems,
1: which is interesting.
0: Yeah, the whole thing with this first season is we see them both becoming obsessed with each other and we see that dynamic and in the first season and arguably the rest, we don't see much one-to-one interaction with each other. Quite a lot (laughs) of the time it is, you know, done from afar they don't have many conversations, in season one at least, where they're together. So for that, t- you can feel the tension through the screen when you watch it, and you can feel their obsession. And then you, as a uh, an audience member, you then start having the same obsession for both characters. Yeah,
1: especially because it's called Killing Eve, and a bit of it is about her killing Eve, but not much of it is mm-hmm. more of assessing about Eve.
0: I think when I think of Killing Eve, the title, it to me, it says killing her moral compass. Ah, so, that's a good
1: read of
0: it. Yeah, so as we see further on in the rest of the seasons, Eve starts to become less morally correct. And she starts making some questionable, yeah, questionable decisions because of her obsession over Bill and Elle. What's interesting um,
1: about Ellie in the first season is when they find out how the man was murdered by um, a cut on his leg. Mm -hmm. And we see um, Eve playing with a knife and cutting her own leg just slightly. Yeah. Um, that gives us a hint, said maybe she's slightly psychopathic. Definitely totally. on level is Villanelle, but that's she's
0: got, shocking. Yeah, it's in the back of her mind, and it kind of just gets bored. I mean, when, when your mum says, oh, that child is a bad influence on you, I mean, that like Villanelle is a very bad influence on you. But at the same time, it's this constant dynamic between the two of them, and you want them like I don't know what I mean I don't know whether you want them to kill each other or you want them to love each other or you want it's it's really weird it's so complex and I think one of the wonderful things about the writing of this is how complex each character is you know it's not like just I don't know just like a cartoon where you know the characters you kind of predict what they're going to do and I think it's much more realistic that way I mean humans aren't like easy to understand. We are complex beings and it's very interesting to have two female dynamics that are complex and we're seeing that more and more in television and films now so it was really interesting to watch and engaging.
1: Yes it's really good. Um, one of my favourite scenes from the first season as well is when Eve searches on Google Eve and Apple to see what the connection is. Yeah. I just think like, that's quite funny because she's a very smart person, but she just hasn't um joined the put dots. together the dots as of you we have seen.
0: Yeah. 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 It's such a great dynamic. Another dy- another character, shall I say? Let me just see if I can move this slide on. Uh another character that I love is Carolyn. Who is kind of the the well Eve's boss essentially, and played yeah. by the wonderful Fiona Shaw, who is just masterful in this. And you don't know whether you like her really at all.
1: No, um, she's we don't know how powerful she is.
0: Mm-hmm. Like we know she has lots of power, but we don't know to what extent. Exactly, and she has a lot of connections in very high places, and not necessarily what you would call the good guys yeah which is another interesting point it's interesting that she's kenny's mom as well because we see
1: two sides of her as a character mm-hmm. and we see how being the mom is secondary to being the mi6 agent i feel but it's also seen as also really important so they show the points where she's been a mom but also not portray her soul as a mum, which is quite
0: nice. We also see her very used to her environments. I yeah. think it's in I think this might be in season two, which we'll get on to, but there's a point where they're in a morgue and someone's they, they go to look at a body. And she says she wants a cheeseburger or something, and they and she just quite happily eats a cheeseburger because she's so used to being in that environment and being, and there's quite often I think is it season one? And she says, Oh, bad news, Nadia's dead, but on the plus side, the buffet is open or something like that. Yeah. So it's just you just don't know what quite to make of her. And she just she's so used to the environment she is and so good at separating work from everything else. Yeah, yeah um, both her and Melanel are
1: both people who've been in the environment for so long, but the reaction to it's so different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of the time it's like, is she gonna end up like Carolyn or is she gonna end up like Melanel?
0: That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, yeah. Can Carolyn's- I also just say that I appreciate Carolyn's sense of style so much. She is so cla- I mean, oh, to be honest, I want to be all of these characters in this, no matter how <laughs> problematic they each individually are. I want to be them. Like, they are awesome. Yeah. They are powerhouses, each one, respectively. Badasses all of them. Yeah. Um, the
1: costumes in this series have been iconic. Yeah. Um season From the pink dress. Yeah, season one is the pink dress, just all the clothes that she wears. They're just amazing. Just all of them. Um even though Val Nell is the style icon and air quotations, they've all got pretty cool style. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's interesting to see how they change and develop as well as yeah. the series each go on. Yeah. Very distinctive yeah. in their characters.
1: Yeah. Who's the distinctive character? Is Nico because he's just a wholesome teacher. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> He's a math teacher. I forgot that. Oh, He has a cracking moustache, which I found out is fake.
1: As a, it's a hol-
0: I hate it. I think it's a horrible moustache. It is, but I feel <laughs> like if it was properly groomed, I think it would be okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's fake. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that it was fake. Yeah. He is a nice man and he loves his wife very much and it's not really what you would call a conventional family you know which is quite nice to see because not one family is the same you know all, all very different and so it was nice to see to see that and um yeah we kind of see that there are problems in the relationship even at the very start and then as it progresses it gets Slightly more problematic, yeah. As Eve becomes more obsessed with Phil and Elle,
1: yeah, he does see the obsession and how it's dangerous to her, which is quite nice. He does pay attention to her, and it's mm-hmm. getting harder and harder for her to hide stuff. Yeah, there's like when Eve goes out and meets Carolyn, um, and Carolyn asks, "Just say you're going for milk," mm-hmm. and she said, "You better get the milk, or you think you're having an affair." So that's interesting because. It's built on. She's going to keep secrets from this whole job. Yeah,
0: so. we have Sket <laughs> Skinny. We have <laughs> Kenny, um, who is played by Sean Delaney. He is the IT guy. He is very innocent, a bit socially awkward, and Relatable. obviously Carolyn's son. <laughs> sh- don't tell the listeners that (laughs) um and he cares for eve which is nice and we see their relationship really progress as it goes on this season and he does things for eve and protects eve which is quite nice to see yeah even
1: later he betrays his mother for eve which is really nice of him yeah totally
0: Mm -hmm. elena is in the first season i don't think
1: she's in any other seasons
0: no, I don't think so. Um,
1: she's not a main character, but I feel like as a character, she's a strong character, just for a background character.
0: Yeah, totally. I wanted to see more of her. Yeah. But unfortunately. Also a badass. Everyone's yeah. a
1: badass in this.
0: Everyone's a badass in this, yeah.
1: Maybe not Kenny, but
0: he's a badass in his own way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on to season two. So again, they get lots of different directors working on the show just to spice things up. No pun intended, or was it? Because uh, The Spice Shop, I think that that's season three, isn't it? I thought you were talking
1: about the writer's name. Oh, no. It's Fennel. It's spice. It's it Emily works fennel. both
0: ways. I was thinking about The Spice Shop, but, you know, it works yeah, both ways. Well, I pretend like I totally meant both of those Anyway, it is, of course, written by Emerald Fennel, who is actually, in fact, good friends with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So it is no surprise that Phoebe left season two in the capable hands of Emerald Fennel.
1: Awesome lady. Summary of season two. Eve is in shock after stabbing Villanelle, um, deeply traumatised by this situation she found herself in. And Carolyn tells Eve to get back to London as soon as possible. So she heads back traumatised and can't believe what she's done um, Villanelle meanwhile is alive and is driven by a taxi to hospital where she makes a friend of her boy next to him who's lost his parents but then she savagely kills him which I think is the biggest jump scare of the whole seasons Villanelle thinks that you've stabbed her as an act of love which is the first indication that they maybe don't see the relationship in the same way. Um, Villanelle escapes the hospital after killing the boy Eve confesses to Carolyn that she met Villanelle and Carolyn hires her back to continue the hunt. Nadia left a note saying that Alistair Peel is dead and that Eve assumes that Villanelle killed him. And Villanelle arrives in London to stay with a weird man with lots of dolls and we see lots of creepiness there. Um, Eve is assigned a new team and location and Eve tells Kenny about the stabbing and how guilty she feels. Then Eve briefs the team on Villanelle, then looks up in Google for Villanelle in hospitals um, to try and find out if she survived and finds out about a dead boy that Eve's then kill- that Villanelle's killed.
0: And um, Villanelle has left an apple in the boy's hand to basically tell Eve that she's been there.
1: Yes, for the religious symbolism for some reason.
0: Um,
1: Villanelle phones MI6 to get to get Eve to help her, because she's now trapped in this creepy man's um, house, but she can't get out, and eventually does kill him and get out. Eve realises that Villanelle didn't actually kill Alistair Peel, so she's thinking about a new assassin. Um, Villanelle, Villanelle goes to find a new handle at Raymond. Um, Carol and Eve go to the house where Villanelle was, but she's no longer there, and they find a dead body. They then go to Caroline's house and find Constantine on the sofa, that Eve previously thought was dead and Constantine warns Eve and says to be wary of Villanelle and he hints that he knows how obsessed Villanelle is about Eve. Um, Villanelle assassinates targets and meets Raymond and Raymond wants Villanelle to be more subtle in her job and to do her job properly but Villanelle is jealous of the new assassin and wants to get Eve's attention Villanelle tells Nico and creates a rift between Eve and Nico and Villanelle gives Eve a lipstick that hints that she was involved of murder of a businessman. We find out about the ghost and how she's been operating for a longer time than they think and Villanelle continues the string of murders to try and get Eve's attention. In a desperate attempt to get closer to Villanelle, Eve puts a hit on herself and says, and wants Villanelle to come kill her, but she's actually one to hire her. And Villanelle hires, Villanelle's hired by mi Six to find out about the ghost and to go undercover. Um, she goes undercover, meets Alan Peel, and finds out about his dealings with the criminals and how he affects the plot as a whole. And the series ends with Villanelle and Eve running away from this compound where Villanelle's just killed Alan Peel. And, and Raymond. And Raymond, who Eve actually killed, not Villanelle. Yeah. <gasps> so she's has been murdered someday. Mm-hmm. But the cliffhanger is that Villanelle no shoots Eve. Yep. So a lot of things happens in that season.
0: Yep. As all of them. Yeah.
1: Um, what's your favourite episode, Beth?
0: My favourite episode is the final episode in this season. I think mainly because... Of how stunning it is to watch. We get this lovely, you know, it's set in Italy, right? At yeah. this point, we see this lovely, you know, Italian backdrop. And we have the whole final scene of that season where they're in the Colosseum together and Villanelle is wearing this red jumpsuit. And it's so aesthetically pleasing to watch. And of course, we see a big turning point for Eve as she has killed Raymond, which is the first time she's killed anyone. So this then kind of furthers that Villanelle is a very bad influence on Eve and that she is slowly progressing into Villanelle or towards Carolyn, as you said. So, yes. It's yeah, it's just uh it, I think I was just kind of holding my breath the whole episode. Yeah, and we obviously get the kind of running away together section as well, which is a bit like West Side story when oh, Maria yeah. and Tony say, Let's run away together, and like, yeah, and then who gets shot? Tony gets shot. Damn, oh. does that not remind you of something? So
1: I yeah, Carolyn is. Interesting here because she actually knows that stuff is going to go wrong and she almost sets up Eve to fail, mm-hmm. which is interesting because she seems to know more information than Eve. And this suggests that Carolyn's further deep into all the 12 stuff than we think yeah um it's a very good ending yes what is your favorite episode um the hungry caterpillar which is the third episode of that series which villanelle is ordered by women to perform a queen assassination just like the ghost Um, villanelle i think that's my favorite murder in the whole series <laughs> is when villanelle um, puts the tie in an elevator so they get strangled i like that because it's very creative yeah. and i love her accent because she tries to be Glaswegian. And I think her accent's better than mine. <laughs> Glaswegian. So, and the lipstick is interesting because she gives her a lipstick and it's got a blade in the tip of it. Yeah. But Eve still puts it, puts it on without knowing that it could be dangerous. She knows it could be dangerous
0: because it's from Villanelle, but she still puts it on. It's that whole thing of risk factor, isn't it? Yeah. And I think Eve thinks, oh, it's worth the risk. And I think that kind of mirrors how she feels about Villanelle. She thinks, oh, being in a romantic relationship, possibly this is just me going on a wee tangent here, but th- yeah. th- that Villanelle is worth the risk. That I mean, that's just what I gained from it. She thinks she's worth the
1: risk, but then she gets cut just like she gets shot at the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, they're just constantly <laughs> hurting each other. <laughs> yeah. In the first two seasons, which is interesting interesting to watch it and again I think one of the things that got me with this series apart from it being you know unlike anything else I've watched Mm -hmm. we get these really strong female characters played by wonderful actors you know Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh and I mean I before Killing Eve I didn't know who Jodie Comer was I know who Sandra Oh was because I've seen her in uh, Grey's Anatomy, Princess Diary <laughs> Sandra was spinning in so much yeah. and I watched I think I must have I think I must have watched about like a lot of seasons of Grey's Anatomy before I watched it and the difference in character I mean Sandra was such a great actor and the difference between Christina who she plays on Grey's Anatomy and Eve who she plays in Killing Eve obviously are, are, are they have some similarities but they're just totally different and it was really good seeing that range and I think that's why I watched Killing Eve is because I saw Sandra Oh was in it and I liked her from and Atme. and I thought oh what's this and it looked good. Whenever I talk to people about Killing Eve they're like oh Jodie Comer's such a good actress and yeah I know she's such a good actress. People often forget about Sandra Oh. Now yes. obviously people think standing out wise, Villanelle stands out so much more because she has so much more range in a character. You know, she plays lots of different characters within herself. Whereas Eve is a naturalistic character. And I think people overlook that because she's boring In air quotation marks, you know, she's not really. And actually doing really naturalistic stuff like that, you know, having all this really minimalistic acting is actually really really difficult to do and so I always say you know they're just as good as each other you know and Sandra Oh you know she is a fantastic actor in her own right and Eve is just as challenging a role as Villanelle is so yeah. Jodie Comer on the other hand I hadn't seen her in anything and I, I, her acting is incredible I mean her change in accent so easily and having to speak in different languages as well you know it's not a very easy thing to do and she's got all that kind of stunt training as well to have done which apparently I heard her say that for the first season she didn't work out at all (laughs) but then since then she now goes to the gym and I think she probably has a personal trainer um but quite 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 interesting and now of course she's been in lots of hollywood films and things because her career really taken off and i recently went and watched some of my mad fat diary and of course she's in that and oh, it's like how that? have you missed her in that so yeah. yeah
1: um what i find impressive is points when she's doing american accents mm-hmm. that she slips up but she slips up into russian yeah it's like so subtle mm-hmm. but it's so impressive yeah Especially I didn't know she was from Liverpool. Yeah. And when I first heard her speak in her, her actual accent, I was like so shocked. Yeah. I I'm think so everyone's sure she was English. Exact,
0: yeah, everyone's the exact same way, it well, seems. Susan English. She has English. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the depth that each of these actors have gone into in their character. And I mean, Fiona Shaw, I mean, she's been around for ages and she's done yeah. lots of theatre productions as well. And it's just so like I'm in awe every time I watch. Yeah, so. yeah, A great acting. Yeah. Villanelle this season,
1: season two. She wants independence from in the twelve. Um, she's I feel she's very sick of just killing people and not knowing why. So she's got slight character development. Yeah, Felix. Like she relates the freedom of not being with the twelve to the freedom of being with Eve, and I think that's important for the whole plot.
0: Totally. She's willing to give up, arguably, <laughs> what she is doing, assassinating people to live a life with Eve.
1: Yeah. She, and her point of view, she does have a good job because she just gets paid lots of money and she's a psychopath to kill people. So
0: Yeah. She's very materialistic. I mean, yes. we see that a lot in season one, you know, she buys all the fancy clothes and just flaunts her wealth. Yeah. It's all the apartments
1: she's in, all the hotels. Oh. And then, of course, in season two, when Raymond puts him in all the dodgy hotels, that's Missy.
0: Oh, wait, she's not that happy. Yeah, she's very unhappy. She needs to be in control to a certain degree. And she doesn't have that with Raymond. Raymond is very, I'm your boss. You do what you're told. That's the end of it. And she has to do it, which is also interesting. And, of course, Raymond, played by Adrian Scarborough, has previously been in Miranda and I love that comedy TV series and of course that's a sitcom you know it's very funny and light hearted and he's he's just a laugh in that and then I see him in this and I'm scared for my life like he's terrifying and not very nice and then of course Eve I think in the end is an axe she kills him with? Yeah that was very brutal. It was very brutal and I thought it was also funny that She's wearing a maid's costume and it just, yeah, yeah interesting.
1: Yes, um, Nico in this season is a bit sick of Eve. Um, he leaves her for the another teacher.
0: Yeah, which is partly Villanelle's fault. Yeah, Villanelle goes to the
1: teacher and says, I think you should shoot your shot.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. Um, Not great. You feel bad for Eve, but you're also like, he was kind of right which is interesting, dynamic. We see both sides, which is impressive in a TV show where we're mainly focused on even Villanelle.
0: Totally. Yeah. Season three was directed again by lots of different directors and it was written by Suzanne Heathcote. So a brief summary of season three. So this is six months after everything that happened in Rome and Villanelle has settled down, possibly, as we see and is about to be married.
1: I've got a question with that. I thought she was married because I
0: thought of the reception, but
1: then I think
0: they're not married. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it is a reception, it's isn't not, it? Because they're doing speeches. It's not. It's not clear. So she
1: may or may not be married.
0: Okay, she may or up may for, not be married. That's a very fair point. But it is interrupted <laughs> by an arrival of her, a former assassin, Dasha, who trained Villanelle. And not Eve, as many people thought. Really? Yes. Interesting. So Dasha asks Villanelle to return to working for the Twelve. And Villanelle thinks, okay, but I want to be promoted to the role of keeper. And it would make her more powerful than both Dasha and Constantine. So to prove her loyalty, she is tasked with killing a local political agitator. Eve has left MI6 and is now working at a Cadian restaurant, and she just is a trying is trying to adjust to civilian life. She is supported by Kenny, who has also quit MI6 and now works as an investigative journalist, independently investigating the Twelve. Geez, that was a tongue twister. Eve agrees to meet Kenny. For after work drinks but finds his office deserted she discovers Kenny's dead body outside having apparently been thrown from the roof by an unknown assailant. This was so sad. That was the saddest bit of the whole show. Yep so Eve tries to unlock Kenny's phone but it's blocked by the password Kenny's boss, Jamie, contacts her and offers her to unlock the phone in exchange for her cooperation in the invest in an investigation into Kenny's death. Carolyn approaches Eve, frustrated, frustrated that she cannot investigate Kenny's death because she's been put on briefment leave. She shares a theory that Villanelle is active again, and Eve initially resists but then agrees to help. The two are unaware that Constantine is eavesdropping on them. Dun, dun, dun. And Villanelle is assigned to mentor Felix, a promising young assassin. They (laughs) go to a birthday party and kill a target, but Felix diverges from the plan and Villanelle kills him. She returns home to find Constantine waiting for her and informs her that Eve has survived. (gasps) Constantine, whose side are you on? Honestly. He switches sides every two minutes on this TV show. I know, it's so annoying. So, Eve finds that Kenny had been looking into financial records and that a bank bank account in Geneva, used by the Chinese diplomat Villanelle killed in season one, has suddenly become active again. Carolyn engineers a meeting with Henrik, a Swiss banker, and her former flame, to find out who manages the account. The trail leads to Charles Kruger, a former Russian agent, who disappeared at the end of the Cold War. Eve suspects that Krueger is the accountant for the Twelve. Villanelle tracks her down on a bus, and the two briefly flight, and, well, it just finishes. <laughs> she headbutts her and then leaves. Eve realises that Villanelle's presence in London is no coincidence, and believes she's planning to kill Carolyn, which she is. So she tries to warn Carolyn, but it's too late Villanelle kills Kruger and then Eve returns to her apartment to find a stuffed toy reciting a recorded message from Villanelle. Eve finds a connection between a murder committed by Villanelle and another death in 1974.
1: Villanelle finds out about Kruger's widow and the past of the twelve. Nico leaves for England to Poland she manages PTSD and does not talk to Eve. Villanelle, Villanelle at, then follows Nico to Poland, which she doesn't so Dasha does, Dasha follows Nico to Poland and was Eve just in time to see Nico's dad. And Dylan Everton's home to meet her family in Russia and she finds out about her family life and how they've moved on without her. We find out about her mother abandoning in her and not her brother and in the end she kills her whole family only excluding Borka and Pietra, her brother and her half-brother, and killing the rest. Villanelle is promoted by Helene, played by Camille Cotter, um, who's an agent of the Twelve, and she wants to kill a politician. She finds out that even though she's been called a keeper, they're really just making her do the same work. Carolyn continues investigating Kenny's death, and she's short to believes that Kenny Ke- thought the cause was his father. Um, Nico... Luckily, survives his stabbing, and Eve finds out that Villanelle did actually stab him. But Nico's done with Eve and wants nothing to do with her. Villanelle meets with Elaine again about commitment to the job, and Velnel an assignment. She goes to Aberdeen with Dasha to kill an American golf mat, but then just Dasha, because he killed, because she stabbed Nicole. Carolyn's aide finds out something something about the twelve and Paul, but he's killed as Constantine tries to get Irina released from prison after killing her stepfather. He fails. He tries to get on a train when he has a heart attack. Villanelle promises to come back for him but abandons him as Villanelle gets on a train and Eve leaves. Eve is on the platform watching her leave. Constantine then wakes up and recovers the hospital and finds that Dasha is right beside him on the next bed. Small world. Nell approaches Carolyn and offers to an informant for the British intelligence services and therefore Villaronelle works with Eve to find a package that she was given to become an informant. They go to Paul's house to find that Carolyn is holding Paul at gunpoint because Kenny and Constantine were there the day that Kenny died. Carolyn demands an explanation from Constantine and how Constantine was involved in Kenny's murder. Carolyn is tempted to shoot him but spares Constantine and kills Paul. She thinks that they'll never be able to stop the 12th. Even Velna leave, walking in separate directions and see some ends. What well a um, A lot in that series, a lot of political, but.
0: Yes, yeah. We'll try and small summaries of each.
1: What was your favourite well, episode of
0: that? I was about to ask you the same thing. Let me just get it up. I think it has to be the one where there's the bus scene, which I think is. Episode three. Yes, I am correct. Meetings have biscuits. Love that title. So the reason I love this episode, I think mainly comes from the whole bus scene, which is a stunning thing to watch and very well choreographed. The tension between them, the costumes, everything was very well thought of. And before this, Villanelle has gone to get some perfume that shows, is it power she looks for? I think so, power. yeah she has a big long kind of metaphor thing for the scent that she wants to smell like when she meets her ex who has survived Eve. So they have a big fight on the bus and then Eve kisses Villanelle and Villanelle is like shocked and then Eve takes a good time and headbutts her which was painful <laughs> to watch but very funny and interestingly, when they filmed this, they just did a, a circuit, so the bus was literally just going round and round in a circle when they filmed that. So yeah, it was it was very well done. I'm surprised they actually filmed it on a bus that was moving. I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> Imagine being the camera people, like just. Have you seen like behind the scenes stuff of it? No. It looks insane, like very claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, I can.
1: Stand on the bus. going have backwards for that long instead of going around the circles.
0: Exactly. Um I would have gotten like bus sick. Yeah, not great. Yeah, but she's what a fast favorite... and she can <laughs> do it. Yeah, she she can do it. She'll be fine. What was your favourite episode from this season? The fifth one, um, Do You Love and Pina? Um,
1: yeah. that's where she goes home. I loved lots of it. Most importantly, her younger, younger half brothers obsession with Elton John. <laughs> Because I'm also obsessed with Elton John. <laughs> so I'm related to that. Um, there's lots of comedy in that episode. Mm-hmm. When she goes to the local harvest festival, she finds out about life in Russia and we see a glimpse of what her life would be if she wasn't an assassin. Um, we see her slightly laugh at her family. like I think she laughs at her brother who thinks they're not around. That's There's lots of comedy, especially when... Her whole family setting Crocodile Rock And that was quite relatable Because every time I listen to Crocodile Rock I think everybody sings along to that song <laughs> Like quite a lot of Ellen John's songs We find out her backstory Which is really important But they don't spend too much time on it And we see Do you want to just break down that backstory a little bit? Yeah So she had her brother and her Live together with her mother And the mother decides to abandon her But not her brother so she went to an orphanage, and that's how she got into a life of crime by going to a school and killing. But she feels like her daughter, she feels like a family abandoned her when a family and was actually scared of her mm-hmm. because they saw how psychopathic she could be. We could see the tricks that she played as a child and how they're kind of psychopathic. Yeah. And see how they just couldn't deal with it. So we're made to not like a family for abandon, but we also see why they did abandon. Yeah. Um, at the end, it's interesting. She kills most of her family, but she spares two of them, which suggests that she's learnt more compassion.
0: Yeah. So Eve. actually, yeah, Eve is rubbing off on Villanelle the same way that Villanelle is rubbing off on Eve, which is an interesting dynamic again. Yeah, Even just a season season two at the start she
1: kills the small child but in season three she won't kill the child.
0: Yeah another interesting bit in this episode I felt was her train ride home and she kind of processes what's just went down and she starts crying and then dancing in her seat to the music which I thought was quite interesting because we don't see Villanelle vulnerable that many times.
1: Yeah, it shows you how deeply traumatized she was by her family. Yeah. And how they were behind her of her childhood.
0: And arguably, the the fact that her parents did abandon her then kind of just destined her to kill people. You know, yeah. it's always, I mean, there were other ways to go about helping her as a child, could have yeah. gone into therapy, but no, they sent her away and abandoned her, which wasn't great. No.
1: We see in Villanelle's reaction to children earlier in the show when she's sent to kill a woman, but she spares the baby and takes the baby with her. And she has a short attention span for the baby because she takes it but doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we see her suddenly on her interaction with small children. So Dasha. Can
0: we oh, talk Dasha. about Dasha? Dasha is extreme. She is very extreme. Another style icon. <laughs> of course. Um, we see her
1: introduced at the start where as a young girl and she's doing gymnastics and we see her life in Soviet Russia and how it affected her. And we see her first kill, what we presume is her first kill, which is an interesting, I think it's an interesting character um, story to start exactly with the kill just after we see her in the wedding.
0: Yeah, I wonder why they gave us that, you know, where she came from. Her origin story, if you like. Yeah, originally when I watched this, I thought it might be a mother. Ma- Dasha might be a mother. Mm.
1: Because I thought maybe it was in the family, the whole assassinating thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's definitely a mother
1: figure to Villanelle.
0: Yeah, totally. She, yeah, she definitely has her under her ring and is trying to help her yes. in a way that she feels she is. Yeah,
1: and of course Villanelle hits her over the head of a golf club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That was shocking. Mm, Yeah, I mean, the thing with these people, they're unpredictable. I mean, even Eve and Carolyn, they're all unpredictable. They're all playing their own game. You know, they've all got their own individual plans, which none of us know and none of the other characters know, which is also very interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's some comedy with Constantine and Dasha and being in the same ward in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Small world.
0: Yeah, I know. Of course, they were going to be next to each other.
1: Especially considering she got hurt in Aberdeen and the train station they're in, I think, looks like Edinburgh Station. With Constantine. So it looks like Constantine had a heart attack in Edinburgh, but she just filming locations, we won't think about that.
0: Yeah, let's not get into that. So, yeah, um, Harriet Walter plays
1: her, who's also good.
0: Yep. And um, being in many things, including Doctor Who. Yep.
1: Hugo is Hugo dead in season three?
0: No idea.
1: Because see, so Hugo is a mysterious figure. Um, we he gets taken away at the end of season two, and we're not sure about what happens to him. I think he gets shot, but we we'll never know hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But currently, I think what like you said, um, we get Geraldine.
0: Yeah, this is really fun. This was really fun. Yeah. Who is Carolyn's daughter, of course. Um, and Kenny's sister. Yes. Uh, Louise has written on this slide, the normal one question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is, one. she doesn't, she's not in that game with them, you know, she doesn't play the game. She's um, trying to pro- process grief. Yeah. Like a and she process grief. Uh-huh. And then she tries to make her mum do the same thing, and it just their relationship was really interesting and it kind of, I can't remember if it's brought up or not, but they kind of shows that Kenny was the favourite child in that dynamic. Yeah. It felt that way. Um, she meets Constantine a few times. Yeah. Family relations hinted at there, but mm-hmm. we're not
1: sure. Yeah. But because of Carolyn's relationship with Constantine, it's different. So Kelly and Eve so far. Has done very well for itself. very highly critically acclaimed. Um, it was nominated for lots of BAFTAs. It won Best Supporting Actress, um, Fiona Shaw, yeah. Best Drama Series, and Best Leading Actress, Jodie Coma. And um, what I like about it's pretty impressive that. Sandro and Jodie Comer both got nominated in the same category for Leading Actress. Yeah. Which is really uncommon for two actresses in the same TV show. Yeah. Um, Jodie Comer was nominated for the BAFTA three more times. Yeah. Which is impressive. Um, lots, of awards m- the music. Joel, lots of awards for the music. Sanjo lots of awards for the Peabody Awards. And the Grace Awards, the Golden Globes. Lots of just all around... very highly critically acclaimed it's got lots of different reviews but most of them are extremely positive yeah it got an 8.2 on imbd and 89 on rotten tomatoes and which is good but yeah um there was criticism of the third season for people were sad that sand joel was kind of left behind and it was more focusing on villanelle Ellen third season so Mm. hopefully the fourth season We'll be a bit more balanced. Yeah. So have you got any series for the next season?
0: I, so I love telling people this theory. So on the bridge at the end, they decide to walk away from each other. And I think that Linnell says don't look back or there's some sort of agreement that they won't look back. I feel like this is a very big nod to a Greek myth. I can't remember which one, but there's, I think it might be Orpheus and Yuridice. And basically, she is, she's died. Eurydice has died and she's in the underworld. And so Orpheus goes to rescue her and he manages to get her soul and he can take her back to the living only if he doesn't look back. Ah. And, of course, what happens... He looks back, and they both die, and it's just a very sad ending—classic Greek tragedy, you know. So yeah. I feel like this is a very strong mirror. And of course, Eve looks back, and Villanelle looks back. Yes, possibly. Yeah. So they um, they both look back. So that makes me think that they're both going to die in this season. Um. So the promotional pictures is of everything from previous seasons burning the
1: dress, the pink dresses burning, the teddy bears burning. Yeah. Um, but we also have the interesting Jodie um, um priest outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. It's very flea bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, we've got Eve um, with blonde hair yep. at the Town of London, so I suggest she's incognito. Yeah. So either she's working with the government or possibly on the run from the government. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Another promotional photo was Carolyn at a swimming pool.
0: So Carolyn seems to be unscathed by everything as always. Long term, what do you think is good? Because this is the final season that we can get. Yeah. What do you think is going to be the ending? Will Eve and Villanelle end up running away together and living happily ever after? Will they die? Will they separate? What What do you think is going to happen? They'll die. They'll
1: die. Yeah, I think um, Elaine, she's coming back. Yeah. so I think she'll have a bigger role this season she's in the profession yeah. of foes and I think that they might be pulled away from that by the, the 12 and the government and come back and then end up dying
0: <laughs> but we can be hopeful they don't
1: Yeah, I always hope that they run away to Norway yeah, it would something be so in lovely Halloween Cottage
0: they, yeah it would be so lovely if they could run away together I don't see that happening but you never know <laughs> So our person of the day today is none other than Phoebe Waller-Bridge because who else was it going to be, you know? So this is an absolute legend. You might know her from things like Fleabag and she most recently, well, is starring in the new Indiana Jones movie which has not been released yet. She also wrote the most recent James Bond film, well co-wrote, so very cool. That
1: was good that had a female perspective in it which was quite nice. It was she really nice very well.
0: yeah really refreshing and Daniel Craig actually requested yeah. her come on to it. Oh that's good so also yeah. very nice had a so blonde think...
1: girl who came back
0: yeah <laughs> that was um, also good yeah. um, her relationship with Emerald Fennel is something to take note of you know the really good friends and it's not really surprising that they obviously wrote killing eve and produced it while they were still up-and-coming actors they met on the glenn close starring movie albert knobs i don't know if you've i've not seen it but glenn close what (laughs) obviously daniel craig chose her for bond which is a really refreshing refreshing point of view and um it was really really well written and quite big for such a kind of big blockbuster movie and action movie as well for a female writer to take on that was amazing. She has her own theatre company which I had no idea of and she and longtime friend Vicky Jones who has also written for Killing Eve set up Dry White when they struggled to get work after drama school It now stages plays at London Soho Theatre including the original production of Fleabag and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So yeah, seems to be seems to be doing great. So Phoebe Waller Bridge is awesome.
1: She's in Star Wars as well.
0: She's in Star Wars
1: L three three seven and so Star Wars story, who is comedic elements story.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So Phoebe Waller Bridge is our person of the day. Thank you, Phoebe. You are awesome, awesome person. So thank you so much for listening. Next time we'll be talking about the wilds before the upcoming season is out soon we are also in the future going to be doing a mini series on killing eve season four so we will be uploading hopefully weekly or fortnightly the uh, podcast episodes discussing the most recent episodes of killing eve so tune into that if you're an avid watcher of killing eve and tune into us talking all about the amazon prime video tv show the wilds and if you haven't watched it watch it because it's amazing thank you so much for listening Thanks. bye, bye.